Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Remember, you can contact me on the Dr. Wyatt Show Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. with your marriage questions. You can reach me at 720-307-7347. If you don't get me, leave a voicemail, and I'll respond back to your voicemail on the next Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. So we've been in the middle of a series on the top reasons to have sex in marriage. Part one covered because it's a reminder of your commitment to your partner, just like you wear your wedding ring to symbolize, I am still married to you, I am still committed to you, I am yours and you are mine. Just like your wedding ring, it's a symbol, a representation that I still love you, I am still committed to you. I am still in it for the long haul, this covenant approach to marriage, that I am still yours and you are still mine. That's part one that we covered. The reason to have regular sexual contact in your marriage is because it's a representation of your commitment to your marriage. Then we got into part two. In part two, we talked about the reason, the second reason to have sex, why it's good for your marriage, is because it will bond you emotionally. And I've already mentioned a couple other times how important it is to work through resentments first. And then you want to build your friendship second. And then you want to start adding in wooing to each other and add in sensual activity to your two dates a week. And then after the sensual activity, when one or both of you are open, when you're both open to sexual contact, you move into the sexual sphere. And then you still have choices. It could be everything above the waist. It could be everything manual below the waist. It could be everything oral below the waist. It could be laying side by side, pleasuring yourself. It could be intercourse. It's up to the low libido partner because that brings back voice and choice. So today we're gonna get into the third reason why regular sexual contact is so healthy for marriage. And the third reason is it bonds you physically. When you're having skin-on-skin contact with your partner and when you are orgasming, when you're reaching climax, it releases a neurotransmitter in your brain called oxytocin. Oxytocin is the bonding chemical and it's one of the most powerful neurotransmitters in our brain. And when it's released, we feel connected with the person we're with. That's why affection is so important between a mother and a baby. That's why skin-on-skin contact is so critical. That's why after a woman gives birth, often they'll take the baby and put it right on the mother's chest, skin-on-skin, because immediately it creates and starts the bonding process because oxytocin is being released in the brain, both in the baby and in the mother. Likewise for couples, when you're having skin-on-skin contact. That can be non-sexual, that can be sexual, and when you are orgasming. That releases oxytocin in your brain. It's the most powerful bonding chemical. Therefore, after sexual encounters, you're gonna feel more bonded physically to your partner. You're gonna be feeling more familiar with their body. They're gonna feel more familiar with your body. You're gonna feel more like one you're gonna be more likely to be affectionate with your partner afterwards because you feel so connected. You feel so close to them 
physically. And again, there's a biological reason. You have a neurotransmitter exploding in your brain when you're having that skin-on-skin contact. And this also highlights why you do not want the only time that you are touching your partner's body to be when you're touching their sexual organs. Your Your partner's entire body is what needs to be touched. Their entire skin, the skin around their entire body is what needs to be touched because every time there's skin-on-skin contact, whoop, oxytocin just got released every time. And so this also highlights why you need to be having regular affection, regular cuddle time with your partner. How affectionate are you with your partner? How much do you go up to them and snuggle into them from behind without saying something sexual? How often do you rub their shoulders? How often do you stroke their hair? How often do you hold their hand? How often do you rub their back? All of those examples are releasing oxytocin. And for low libido partners, they often need a lot of that affection so that they warm up to the idea of erotic contact. Because the worst thing you can do is only touch your partner and their body during sexual contact. Because if you're a low libido partner, that's gonna make you feel like I'm being used, all you want is my sexual parts on my body, you really don't care about me. And maybe some of you feel that way. Maybe some of you feel like my partner only touches me sexually, and I wish they touched the rest of my body. So consider that, for all of you listening, think about how much skin is on your partner. Their entire body has skin on it. That means you should be touching them around the clock, non-sexually. Touch all the different parts of their body. Experiment with how to touch them. Ask them what kind of affection they like. Ask them how much pressure. Ask them where they want to be stroked. What kind of sensation feels best to them? Everyone's different. My wife, as I mentioned elsewhere, she loves little tickles, very light tickles. And I hate tickles, but she loves it. So I've had to learn through the years, every time I'm giving her affection, I have to make a mental note, do it lighter, do it more gently, don't be so rough, because I tend to touch roughly. I tend to squeeze or pat or, you know, I'm firm with my touch. That's how I was touched growing up. My wife was the opposite. She likes light, delicate tickles. That feels good to her. So I've had to learn how to touch her body in that way, to lightly stroke her arms, lightly stroke her shoulders, lightly stroke her back, lightly stroke her head. She loves all that, and that doesn't come natural to me. So I can either give up and say, that's just not who I am, get over it. Or I can say, that's not who I am, but I wanna be a good partner. I wanna work on that for you, because I know that's the way you like to be touched. And that's the path I try to choose. It's not always easy, because it's not my natural bent to touch that way, but I do it anyway. I suck it up because I wanna be a good partner. And maybe you need to suck it up and start being a better partner as well. Stop thinking about just what's good for you. Think about how does my partner like to be touched? Have I ever asked them that question? Probably not. Maybe that's where you start. Ask them, how do you like to be touched? How can I increase our affection over and beyond sexual contact? Because you want your partner to associate you with warm affection. 
Would they think of you as providing warm affection? Warm affection is the doorway into erotic contact. Low libido partners need to have regular warm affection before they'll open up that door to erotic touch. So ask your partner this week, ask them today, ask them after this episode, how do you like to be touched non-sexually? What kind of affection is your favorite? How much affection would you love from me throughout the day? What would that look like? Ask them those questions and then do it. Do it, provide it, put it into practice. So again, when we are having sexual contact, it releases the neurotransmitter oxytocin but that transmitter is released through all sexual, all non-sexual and sexual contact. Now, when you're having sexual contact, and let's say you're reaching climax, make sure you look at your partner occasionally while you're climaxing. It's one of the most vulnerable things to do, is to look at your partner while you are climaxing. Now there's a joke I make at my conferences and I say, and I'm gonna say it to you, which is don't overdo it. Don't stare at your partner while you're climaxing because they may think you're having a heart attack because you might be you know, moving around and jittering and who knows what you do when you climax, but don't overdo it because you may traumatize them. However, you do wanna integrate some level of eye contact during climax because it's very intimate. It's very bonding. So while you have that neurotransmitter being released in your brain, oxytocin, you wanna direct it toward your partner by looking at them, by connecting with them, by making that eye-to-eye contact with them, because that will help you bond physically. And then it will naturally warm up your physical relationship after sexual contact. That's where you can create a spirit of generosity. If you have a lot of affection, in your relationship, that will lead to more sexual contact. And then when you have sexual contact, that supercharges your natural desire to touch each other afterwards. And it can be little touches, it can be major touches, but you'll notice the more you have sexual contact, the more naturally you wanna keep touching your partner afterwards because you've just experienced something very vulnerable, beautiful, and beneficial to your marriage. And so there's this after benefit of I feel so much closer to you physically. And now I naturally want to keep touching you physically. So if you are a high libido partner, you may not have a natural desire to be affectionate. However, if you provide it, it opens up your partner to sexual contact and that will make you want to naturally keep touching your partner non-sexually afterwards. One other tip. And this is a tip to the men listening to my voice right now, is during the sexual encounter, always remember the tip, outside, in. And so if you're a male listening to this, what a lot of males, a lot of men do, is during the sexual encounter, they go right for the sexual organs. And sometimes maybe that's what your wife wants, but a lot of times it's probably too much, too fast. Most women take around 15 to 30 minutes to reach orgasm. Most men, it takes three to five minutes. So guys, listening to this, slow down. You have to slow down the sexual encounter. And here's how you do it. You start through the non-sexual caressing. That might be stroking the shoulders. It might be gently kissing the arms. It might be slowly massaging the shoulders, stroking the hair. 
stroking and kissing the stomach. You want to start with all those romantic, non-sexual, caressing touches for a good 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. Then you can start with this idea of outside-in. Remember, outside-in. And what outside-in means is you start with the breasts, your wife's breasts, and you start with the outside-in, meaning you start by just gently circling the outside of her breasts with your fingertip, or maybe gentle kisses on the outside of her breast, and then do that for a few minutes, and then slowly work your way toward her areoli, the part around the nipple, and then slowly work your way to the actual nipple. That's where the most nerve endings are, so that's gonna be most sensitive. That's why you don't wanna just start on her nipples, which a lot of guys do. Start with the outside of her breast and slowly work in. Once you've done that for a good three to five minutes or seven minutes, then you work down toward her vulva. And once you're down toward her vulva, it's the same principle, outside in. Her vulva, her clitoris, is the most powerful place on her whole body for nerve endings. It has over 8,000 nerve endings. It's like a miniature penis. It's made from the same embryonic material as a penis. It gets larger when she's aroused. And the only function of a clitoris is pleasure. However, you don't start by touching the clitoris because it's so highly sensitive. You can overstimulate her and then it will backfire and she'll lose stimulation. So once you have moved down to the vulva, it's the same principle of outside in. So you wanna start with the outer lips of her vulva by gently stroking them, gently pinching them, gently kissing them. It's a tease and that helps her get aroused and it doesn't overstimulate. So you start with the inner and the outer lips of her vulva for another three to five to seven minutes, just gently stroking, gently kissing, gently pinching. Once you've done that, then you move to her clitoris. And once you get to the clitoris, you wanna be interacting with her on what feels best. Because in the beginning, maybe she wants just gentle pressure. As her arousal builds, she may want more firm pressure. And you have to experiment with manual touching or orally touching her vulva and her clitoris. And you wanna experiment with what kind of touch on her clitoris. Maybe she wants just firm pressure, or maybe she wants a circular motion, or maybe she wants an up and down motion just on her clitoris. And again, it's orally or manually. So this is where you wanna be connecting with her, you wanna reassure her that you love her, you wanna be giving her eye contact, and so that she can be giving you signals of what's gonna feel best to her. Don't assume you know what's gonna make your wife feel pleasure. You wanna be checking in with her, asking her, communicate with her, and then take her lead. Be open to her feedback because it's all about her. It's not about you. It's about her in that moment. So you wanna to defer to her and what's gonna bring her pleasure. So that's just some tips on the actual mechanics to be more bonded physically is you have to become a good lover. So just remember, you start with all non-sexual caresses, then you move from the outside in on the breasts, and then you move from the outside in on the vulva while you're checking in with her to see what would be best for her. So that's the third reason regular sexual contact is so healthy for a marriage. It's gonna bond you 
physically. So a couple takeaways, the first one I mentioned in the previous episodes, I'm gonna say it again, is I've created a free PDF for you. Go to my website, drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages forward slash freebies, and it's on the four top reasons to have sex and marriage. It's everything about these podcast episodes, this series, and then it has discussion questions so you and your partner can talk through these topics and to open up these topics because a lot of couples never talk about it. So go to my website, drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages forward slash freebies and get your free PDF. Also, this entire week, if you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of your review and then email it to me, info at drwyattfisher.com, you'll have a free marriage tool sent to you. Whatever one you want. You go to my website, Marriage Tools, and you'll see 10 that I have recorded. Each marriage tool is designed to benefit your marriage in a different way. So you can look through them, see which one you would benefit from, let me know, and then I will email you that marriage tool for free. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. And be sure to tell one person about the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. Maybe it's a colleague, a friend, a family member, anyone that you know could benefit from this material. Pay it forward. I greatly appreciate it if you would do that. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.